0: Quarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual and amazing relationships. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, co host of the very, very popular Smart Money Happy Hour here on the Ramsey Networks, a podcast with he and Rachel. He's my co host today. We're taking your calls at 888. 888- 5225 That's triple eight eight two five five two two five. Joyce is going to start off this hour with us in Chicago. Hi, Joyce. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
1: Thank you. Hi, Dave and George. Hey, what's up? I'm so excited to be on your show and a little nervous too.
0: Oh, that's okay. We've never lost a patient. How can we help?
1: <laughs> hey, um, I just wanted some clarification about. Um, The advice that you give debt and collections seems to contradict what you say about other debt, and I'm just curious as to why that is different.
0: Okay. I think I know where you are, but let me make sure. You mean uh, suggesting people settle it versus like if you have a student loan, I suggest you pay it?
1: Absolutely. Okay.
0: I'm making sure I knew which type of uh, advice that was in conflict you're asking. Okay. To start with... um, the, it might help to know that uh, the full breadth of the advice would be, if you have the money and the entire bill is legitimate and it's in collections, pay it, is our advice. Okay. I don't suggest people settle debts except those that are broke. Now, if you have $100,000 in, in medical debts, let's say, and they're... Uh, and you're calling me to say, gosh, I think I'm bankrupt. I've got $10,000. Well, you're not bankrupt. You need to settle each of these for $0.10 cents on the dollar. That way they, you gave them everything you had, and you cleared the debt honorably. And that settlement is obviously voluntary on their part. But the other thing that comes into play then is have they doubled the bill or tripled the bill with collections fees or a bunch of other things? Because sometimes you start out with a $1,000 bill, and 18 months later it's $8,000 with these people. And so I'm going to go back and settle down to the original bill for sure. I'm not going to get extorted just because it went into collections. But uh, from a moral construct, if you give them what you have – and they will accept that in settlement, then that's a new, that's a fair deal. Okay. So I'll get the, and the way I know I'm okay with my ethics on that is this, I reverse it because I hear in your, I don't hear uh, adversary in your voice. So I'm just I'm kind of teaching with you. If there's adversary, we'll go back to that in a minute, but I, I just hear a sweet lady asking a question. And so um, <laughs> the, uh, 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 so, so the other thing is if I reverse it, okay, I have a company that 20-plus years ago, advertised on this radio show. Oddly enough, the name of the company was (laughs) (laughs) Integrity.com. Okay. I mean, they had the website for Integrity, right? And uh, they decided that they weren't going to pay us $40,000. And they got in financial trouble. And I still have not gotten my $40,000, that integrity.com. I I would imagine they're all gone. Whoever that was, long (laughs) gone, right? So I'm not worried about it, but it's irony of ironies. I love the story because of the name. But if they called me today and said, listen, we're broke, but we're trying to go back and do right by these bills. And it's 20 years later. I could have added a lot of interest. I could have added a lot of legal fees. I could have done a lot of stuff, right? But if they said, look, we, we, we will give you $4,000 to settle this bill if you will accept that, and I'm on the receiving end of this, I'm taking the $4,000. Because the probability of me getting anything out of these people ever while I'm breathing this side of heaven is zero
1: exactly
0: and so i'm happy to get not because not because necessarily in that case that they're of bad character although they might have been i don't remember that part of the story but but it's just irony i didn't get paid by integrity.com but the uh but but you know but 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 if if i think somebody's broke and they're trying to be honorable and will settle with me on what they owe me i'll take it a because i'm probably not getting anything else b because i want to set them free Okay. And if I want to swap okay. that and say, gosh, I got $10,000 to my name, I got $100,000 in bills, this hospital's looking at me going, you're a bankruptcy looking for a place to happen, right? Then they're going to say, hey, you know, we've already gotten a lot of money out of the insurance company, and we're going to let this little hillbilly go. We're going to let him settle this for pennies on the dollar. Right. Then that is honorable. But you didn't have the money to pay the bill and just refused. With the student loan thing, I'm getting these calls. I got 90000 bucks in the bank. I owe 80000 and I'm waiting around to see if Biden's going to forgive it. And I signed up for the student loan. See, I think that's morally wrong.
1: I do, too. Okay. I agree completely. Do yeah, you have debt? Joyce, I'm
2: curious, or is this just more hypothetical?
1: You know, I listen to your show every day, just all day, <laughs> and um, – I just have noticed these, um, just a little bit of a contradiction yeah. and I just was just, you know, just curious because I'm all about, if you buy something, you pay off your yeah, debt. Yeah. You know, yeah you're old school.
0: That, I, so, I, I'm old school. Like you, the difference yeah. is what, what you're getting, what you were getting. And that's what I thought was happening. And thank you so much for your question. Cause it lets me tell millions of people where we really stand. So your question did that for me. Thank you. But the, uh, uh, the difference is, I'm also a crusader on the behalf of the downtrodden, mm-hmm. the person who's hurt and hurting and beat up and broke and scared and terrorized, and these collectors are calling them every day, 10 times a day at work, and two of them got fired last week because the collector called them so many times, the boss didn't want to work in there anymore. Mm-hmm. This kind of stuff. Right, we, right. we work with these people all the time, so my love for the collection world is really, really low. Low. <laughs> yeah.
1: I kind of, I kind of figured that. Yeah, because I, I figured that out. Through but that doesn't that. mean
0: that doesn't mean you shouldn't pay your bill, even if they're
1: jerks. Absolutely. You if you've got yeah, if you've the, got the
0: money, but if it's going to take you 152 years to pay your bill versus settle it, and they'll settle it, and you've got the a little bit of money, and you're willing to give them that little bit of money, I'll help you beat the crap out of them because they're
2: jerks. I love it. And the the that lenders have great. they already lost their money. They've sold it to the collectors. The collectors are trying to collect to make profit. They bought you know it for that's cents on the dollar. So it's a, a different scenario.
0: That's a valid point. That's a really good point to bring up. But it's still morally her 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 bugaboo. She's a moral person. She yeah. and I I agree with her. Yeah. Is if
2: you signed up for that credit card debt you ought to pay it. Pay it. Right? But I don't have the money. A lot of the times it's medical debt, which I have more empathy for because no one goes to the hospital going, I'd love to take on fifty thousand dollars worth yeah, of debt. Yeah, but but a credit
0: card you're you're right about the credit card. The medical sells for ten or fifteen cents on the dollar usually. Medical debt, I mean credit card debt, you can buy it for a nickel on the dollar if it's thirty-six months old.
2: Wow.
0: And and so, you know, in other words, five dollars will buy a hundred dollars worth, fifty dollars will buy a thousand dollars worth of credit card debt. And these guys buy this these accounts in mass for a nickel on the dollar and then go try to collect the whole thing, Uh, which, again, that doesn't relieve you of the fact you morally owe the debt, but when you're negotiating with them, that's handy
2: to know. Yeah, they're still making profit one way or another. This is The Ramsey Show.
0: I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better, while remaining in amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for joining us America Open Phones at 888-825 Five two two five. If you were joining us for our last segment, our last caller, George and I were talking about Joyce off-air, We how much we appreciated her call. That was such a cool call. It had a lot of class. A, it was different. B, she was not mean or angry or trolling. She just really loves what we do and was worried about us being inconsistent because she wants to be a fan.
2: And we love being consistent, if nothing and, well, else. I mean,
0: I, man, I love the opportunity to clarify something. Then if you don't agree with me, at least it's for the right reason. That's true. If you want to hate hate me, do it for the right reason, not for some reason you read on the internet, because everything on the internet is true. Abraham Lincoln said that. One of my favorite quotes from him on Twitter. That's my love. It Yeah, it comes up quite often. Here we go. Today's question is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Spring is here, and it's time to handle those projects that have been on pause. Neighborly has top quality home service providers like Mr. Handyman, Glass Doctor Precision, Garage Door Service, and Shelf Genie. I think I need a shelf genie, George. So uh, find the local help you need at neighborly.com today.
2: Today's question comes from Drew in Austin. He writes, I hear you guys on the show talk about being, quote, house poor and not spending more than 25% of your take-home pay on your mortgage payment. Can you explain more of what house poor means and what's bad about it? In today's real estate market, that is tough to do with high home prices, higher interest rates, et cetera. What is the harm of paying 30 to 35%? If that's what it takes to get into a house these days, especially since it is only going to appreciate in value. Well, this is interesting. It's, it's a good question. Number one, the idea of the house appreciating value doesn't change the numbers of you have this much income and this much of your world is being taken up by that house payment. And so that's what being house poor comes down to. You don't have enough money left over to do all the other things like fund college, fund retirement go on vacation, upgrade the car, cover the emergencies. And so being house poor just means that you have too much of your world wrapped up in that mortgage payment, and that's too many Americans today.
0: There's a reason that people have a car payment if they have a 35% of their income going to house payment. They don't have room in their budget to save up and pay for a car, so they go into debt. So house poor means I borrowed so much on my house that I end up borrowing on other things. Oh, and my kids in the future, they'll have student loans because I didn't save for their school. Oh, and anything I get ready to do that I don't have room, as George said, economists call the room in your budget, the margin in your budget, your disposable income, the income you have for saving and for investing and for enjoying. And if after your debt payments, you don't have any disposable income, any margin left, any wiggle room left in your budget, you're going to end up in our society, going into debt. And so, Drew, let me tell you one other thing. I appreciate your call or your email. Um, In today's real estate market, it's tough to do with high home prices, higher interest rates. That is a phrase I have heard since I went on the air in 1992. Every year, someone says, but, Dave, I live in California and we don't use math here. Dave, I live in New York and math doesn't count here because it's so expensive that we don't have to follow mathematical facts. We can just borrow and say, oh, it's expensive to live here. Oh, interest rates are high and I want a house. And so, but you're, the, the, the downstream result of that is that, that you're going to find yourself lacking in investments and lacking in kids' college funds, as George said, and lacking in money for emergencies. So everything that happens in your life is a potential new debt because you went so far in debt in the name of getting a house because you rationalized and said, well, the world has never been like this. Well, honey, the world has always been like this. I'm old, and it's always been like this. House prices have – when my parents bought their first home in 1962 – 12250 big dollars.
2: You can't buy a used car for that much these days.
0: Three and a quarter percent interest rate. And you know what they got?
2: A 30.
0: My grandfather had a fit. You're going to be in debt for 30. Have you lost your 30-year
2: mind?
0: Old people back then thought you were sinning
2: if you went that far in debt. Well, you're buying a coffin at that point. Yeah. 30 years is a long time
0: yeah you're gonna get your whole life what's wrong with you people well, that, now was, so that was the reaction of the generation before my parents right yeah but they signed up for 30 years at twelve thousand, and man i mean my first apartment rent was 235 dollars a month wow you can't even what
2: you'd have to get nine roommates to
0: do that you can't today. cross the threshold for that it's unbelievable. <laughs> they won't even let you go look at an apartment. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but that, but it didn't matter. It, it, in those days, my pay was different, and guess what? The uh, overall econ- the cost of goods was different. Gasoline was a buck twenty six. Okay, when that rent was there, mm. so it's all relative in ratio and ratios, and so um, not picking on you and and giving you the old boomer line here you just don't understand youngin but you just don't understand youngin it's always been this way it's always been high yeah and you always have to make a decision to say no so later you can say yes live like no one else so that later you can live and give like no one else holly haley is with us rather in fort wayne indiana hi haley how are you
3: i'm great how are you
0: better than i deserve what's up
3: I was just wondering if, um, we should pay off our car with the profit from our home sale.
0: Why wouldn't you?
3: Um, because we're, we don't have anywhere. Like we're going to be living with his mom, um, and oh, we're going to be saving for a while. There's no end date to living with her. Um, oh, there's got to be an end date.
2: <laughs> she uh, wants there to be an end has, date. How long have you been married? I do. Um, eight years. So what is the profits from the home two sale?
3: Kids. Oh. <laughs> um, It should be from 50 to 58 grand, maybe.
0: Okay. And why why'd you sell your house?
3: Basically because we can't afford it.
0: <laughs> okay. And how much is your car debt?
3: It's around 16000
0: And what's your household income?
3: He makes around 58000 a year.
0: Okay. And you and have three kids? Little. Two kids. Two kids. Okay. Do you, do you work outside the home, Haley?
3: No, I do not.
0: Okay. All right. So if you were to pay off your car, uh, that, that would leave you $40,000, $42,000 to be precise, correct? Okay. And you, if you went and rented a house... Why do you have to live with your mother-in-law? What you do wrong?
3: Basically, <laughs> he just wants to live mortgage-free. Like he wa- he thinks that it's. I possible don't care to live what mortgage- he wants. Free. I'm
0: asking what you guys did wrong. I mean, uh, you're, you're 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 like grown-up adults with a sixty thousand dollars job and two kids, and you have no debt and forty-two thousand dollars in the bank. You should not have to live with your mother-in-law.
3: Well, it'd be really hard to buy a house. Basically, I, I, I just said rent. House? I
2: said go rent. That's option yeah,
3: C. Hasn't even, yeah, he hasn't thought about that at all. I mean, that probably, it sounds like a waste of money, basically. I don't know. So
0: is a divorce.
2: <laughs> no. I ain't no, living with my
0: mother-in-law, Haley. With no end well, this
2: date. is our fourth time, so yeah. Your fourth time living well. with her? Yeah. Why has this become the... Is hammock it, why is this for a your life why is this a pattern
3: i don't know the thing is his mom has said that she would give us two acres oh that's sweet that i'm not living land. with
0: my mother-in-law
3: um two so acres is not enough like room what he on of like somehow being able to build like a barn dominium but now we're at the point where he's like well maybe we can afford like an apartment with a garage on it which i've been trying to be open to but having two young kids i'm like it eh, sounds like kind of small
2: I think your husband needs to choose reality. And the reality is we can't afford the dream barn dominium. We have to rent for a while while we keep saving. Yeah,
0: listen, mom's not the answer to your future prosperity. You and your husband developing a game plan is the answer to your future Uh prosperity. Every time we run home to her for future prosperity, your life gets worse, not better. Okay. Did I miss something? no no please go rent something inexpensively take five jobs you pick up a side job that you can do from home while the kids are there you guys get to work make some more money pile up some money to add to the 42 and go get you a nice little house that you can afford quit running home to mama you're too old what i would do this is the ramsey show George Camel Ramsey personality, host of the George Camel YouTube channel, which has more than its share of snark.
2: We have too much fun on there.
0: One of George's most endearing qualities is incredible level of snark.
2: We all have our gifts, Dave.
0: That's it. What's yours? You're functioning in yours. I'm, um, um...
2: At least what you've been told your gifts are. (laughs) I don't know that was (laughs) self-proclaimed.
0: Humility. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. No, not really. Yeah, we'll just move right along, George. It's good. Open phones at 888 825 Check out George's YouTube channel, though. Uh, Alyssa is with us in South Bend, Indiana. Hi, Alyssa. What's up?
3: Hi. Um, I was wondering what type of savings account I should open for a new baby.
0: Oh. When's your first baby due?
3: Um, she actually was just born in March.
0: Oh, congratulations. Awesome. What'd you have? Lo- little girl, you said, right?
2: Yep. Awesome. That's very cool. Cool. So when you talk about savings, are we thinking college?
3: Um, I'm not sure completely. Like, I don't know, you know, if we'll use it for education because we looked at like an Indiana five nine plan since we're here in Indiana. Uh, but I'm not sure if it's going to be for college. just kind of something for when she's older. Um, she was getting some money when she was born and for baptism, and we don't really want to spend it. How much? For her. Um. So right now we have about five hundred dollars, and we're okay. still on baby step two. Um, But by the time she's like five years old, we'll probably be contributing more aggressively
0: towards it. Okay, we had two accounts for our kids. One was their little miscellaneous little savings account, which is what what you're talking about. And then two, we had a college plan. The college plan was – and today, if I had done it, it would be a 529, and it wouldn't be with Indiana – you wouldn't do prepaid ed – Instead, I would just do a 529 savings in mutual funds and get you a SmartVestor Pro at com to help you do that. Don't do that okay. with the money we're talking about right now. The money we're talking about right now is you just open up a savings account. And actually, the baby can't have a savings account until they're 21. Um, you have to be 18 to do contract law in any state in the union. And so when a kid has a, an account at a bank, it's actually in their parent's name as or in the kid's name with a parent as a custodian or someone as the custodian. So you're the custodian of the account. So you just run down there, open a little savings account. If you want to do high yield, that's fine. It's not the money, the amount of money this account makes is not important. And then what we used that account for was it started as a place that if they got absurd amounts of money that a four-year-old doesn't need, we throw it in that account. Like if somebody gave him 50 bucks or something, you know, the four-year-old doesn't know what the fifty bucks. So we're going to throw that into a little savings account. Okay, five dollars you can go get you some candy or whatever. But fifty bucks is crazy. Yeah. So five hundred bucks is crazy, right? They can't because they can't make the distinction. The, at that age of uh, right. uh, the value judgment so we're just piling that money up and so by the time they got up with miscellaneous over gifting at birthdays or whatever that kind of stuff small amounts usually less than a thousand dollars but too much to give them for candy money it had built up to where they had sometimes a couple thousand dollars in there okay a mm-hmm. little bit at a time and then when they, we started training them on the Financial Peace Junior system, where we had three envelopes for your daily, weekly chores, and you got paid commission, uh, one of the envelopes was for saving. And what you were saving for at our house was for your first car. I'm taking care of your college with my savings plan for your college over here on the other side, but you're saving for your first car. And our deal was that we told them we would match it. And Mm -hmm. so save like crazy because you got 401 Dave going here. (laughs) Okay. And so each of the kids saved up money, and then whatever they saved up, I matched that. Sharon and I matched that and bought them their first car. And so – like Denise, our oldest, was the first one out, and they always get the worst deal because it takes them a little while to break the ground. And um, <laughs> I think she saved up like 5000 bucks or 4000 bucks. We got a little $8,000 nice. Mustang. It was nicknamed Waldo because when she parked it and forgot where it was, we always said, where's Waldo? Right in the po- mall parking lot, right, and so um, you got to give a car a name when you're a teenager. Yes, right?
2: and the worse the car is, the better the nickname has to be.
0: Exactly, and then uh, Rachel Ramsey, Rachel Cruz, she's now known as, uh, saved up a little more than that and uh, was looking at a really bad idea of a car. We went and drove it, and she hated it. Thank God. And uh, but she had it on her wall for eight months, and then we drove it, and it's like wow. uh, it's horrible. It was an Xterra. X- X- Oh, yeah.
2: Horrible car. Did Survivor make those possible? I don't know. Real popular? Yeah. I mean,
0: she ended up getting a used Beamer, which is a lot better car for the same money. And, um, you know, it was a little, it was like a $10,000 Beamer. It was not super expensive. And then the little brother, he's kind of watching all this. So I'll go ahead and tell the whole story, Lisa, so you can just all the way down the siblings, right? If you're going to tell them you're going to match, recommendation parents, put a limit on it. Ooh. Cause the little guy might save up thirty grand, you he's know. He's business minded, and uh, then you got a sixty grand car with a sixteen year old. I don't think so. So he did. He saved up a ton of money, and I said, "Honey, no sixteen year olds driving a car that expensive in our house because you're going to tear the freaking thing up because you're sixteen and you're an idiot. So you're not going. You're not driving a car that expensive. So we got to get you a different car. But I'm still going to match it, and you can do something else with the money. And he's a ministry minded kid. He gave it uh, to an orphanage. Wow. In in uh, in Colombia what a guy yeah and so um you a huge gift at 16 years old huge
2: that's gift. incredible
0: yeah and got him a nice little jeep so and he still got the jeep to this day he's had several cars since then but um, wow. i bought the jeep back from him later because i wanted it
2: now it's sentimental and
0: then i gave it to him it's probably worth a hundred dollars now but i gave it back to him as a as a graduation gift yeah so he's got it in the garage right now so that, wow. that thing's still around but that's the whole story on it the, the point being that you kind of still need a goal for it. I don't ever like a savings account to have no goal. So you've got an emergency fund. You've got a car fund. You've got a college fund. You've got a whatever fund. And you could, your kid could be saving for college. That's okay. Uh, but this is not just a general account. And then I decide I want to buy like $8,000 of Skittles. Because stupid people will do that sometimes, mm-hmm. and you can't just allow them to do that. This is a parenting tool. It's not an actual financial transaction.
2: Well, a lot of people, Dave, they're going, well, I don't know if my kid's going to go to college, so I'm just going to create an investment account, and that way they can use it on whatever they want. So that's kind of a new way of thinking for a lot of people. But the with the new SECURE Act 2.0, we can actually roll over those 529 planned college funds into a Roth IRA in case they don't use it.
0: If you don't use it at all. But the other thing is you can use it for tech school and you can use it for other types of education other than four years of university, right? You can use it for a lot of stuff. And here's an idea. After high school, if you quit learning, if you never learn anything else after high school, you're what's known as dumb. That's a problem. So you need to keep learning some don't, type don't of education. A, don't be a dimwit. Keep learning. I don't care where you keep learning or how you keep learning. I'm okay with certain personalities not getting a four-year degree. I'm not a, a, a I'm not a hottie toddy, one of those people, but the uh hoity toity or whatever you call it, but the anyway, I'm not that. I, but I I am, I'm fine with a welder making 120,000 and a master's degree in sociology making 38,000, so I'm choosing welder, okay? I'm fine with that. Um, so, but, but um, that's not a bad choice is my point, but the, but this idea that I'm never going to learn anything else, I'm never going to sit. I just taught a week long leadership conference with a whole bunch of the best minds in the world called Entree Leadership Summit. We just finished last week. That's why I went on the air last week and people paid a lot of money to be in there that make a lot of money and that are big business leaders that were there to learn from other people, learn and read, learn and read, learn and read, grow, invest in yourself. So that's important. Very important. Very important. Lots of stuff going on in this call. But, yeah, you're you're right. But it's um, more
2: about the principles, like you mentioned, Dave.
0: But it is a baby in a bathwater thing to say I'm never – you know, higher education has lost its mind. The student loan crisis is out of control. The prices are ridiculous, and some of the degrees offered are absolutely freaking useless. So I'm going to abandon the whole idea of education. Well, that's dumb. Don't be dumb about education. Oh, everything I just said was true but that's not a reason to abandon the whole idea of being smarter of course you want to be smarter so yeah you so yeah 529s are just fine but and you always, can change the
2: name too goes uh, to another kid
0: yeah you can move someone's gonna m- go to, to another si- sibling one of them, one of them's gonna have to take care of the rest of you sir
1: so.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my but the principles are good. raise the principles yeah. give save spend flex those muscles and they'll be okay. They'll be all right.
0: This is the Ramsey Show. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host. So nine months ago, we told you that the real estate market was going to slow down. It was not going to crash. that prices were going to go up, but not as much as they had been. And that there was going to continue to be a shortage of housing versus the number of buyers out there looking and it turns out nine months ago we were right oh, feels good we We're right. feels good to not gonna right. say
2: i told you so but
0: just not to say i told you so but i told you so there you go so hey the job market and the economy everything's kind of in a funk the real estate market has slowed down the interest rates have gone up it feels like it's in a big funk but the weird thing is it's not houses are still selling they're taking about twice as long as they used to but they were selling in 30 minutes and now they're selling in about 60 days And there's more houses on the market because the market has slowed down, but there was nothing on the market before. Some price ranges in some areas, there's complete shortage. There's nothing for sale in a certain price range in a certain area. So if you want someone to show you the best neighborhood schools, someone to walk you through the best places to eat, someone to put you on the right foot when it's talking about getting a house, you need to get a real top-notch, high-octane, high-protein real estate agent. Not just any agent that got his license three weeks ago. I'm talking about somebody that sells hundreds of houses, knows what they're doing, and if you want an agent that'll do more than just find you a home, connect with a Ramsey-trusted real estate agent. They're local experts who we have vetted to be some of the top salespeople in their area. They're that because they get houses sold, and they help you find a house if you're a buyer. We can connect you with a Ramsey-trusted agent all over the country. There's thousands of them, and we spend a lot of money and a lot of time vetting them and making sure they're the right kind of people. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash local agents. I'm proud of these folks. They do a good job for you listeners. That's RamseySolutions.com slash local agents. Works that way. Bill's with us in Cincinnati. Hey, Bill, what's up?
4: Hey, Dave. Hey, George. I want to take. Uh, thank you for taking my call. The question I have for you is uh, debt-free except for mortgage payment, a new mortgage that we took out back in October. Uh, currently, I'm maxing out my 401k, 401k contributions and wondering if I should either cut those down or maybe pause them to try to get the mortgage payment down.
0: What's your household income?
4: And paid off uh, about $150, $175, and, and to add another layer, I've got uh, some after-tax investments and savings that amount to about... Uh, probably about $240,000. Uh, the, the mortgage started at three hundred back in October. I've been paying it off down to about two sixty as of this month. So if you sold so off your
0: non-retirement assets, you could clear the house?
4: I would be pretty close. I'd probably be about 10000 away.
5: away. Hmm.
4: I've got about two hundred and forty dollars uh, in what we'll call liquid funds, and I've got about, uh, I think, two sixty left on the mortgage as of, as of June. Wow. Why would you not do that? Well, I think when I talked to other folks, they say about the investment side, that uh, you know, basically based on returns and things of that mm-hmm. nature, that uh, you're taking a risk from the investment side of losing money.
1: Yeah. That Those been, are broke uh, people.
4: Invested. <laughs> they have
2: mortgages.
0: Yeah.
4: No, yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We studied uh, 10,000 millionaires. The number of them that told us they became a millionaire by, uh, b- by investing with money that they borrowed on their house was uh, very dangerously close to zero, like none of them.
4: Well, and I've actually thought about that, too, about liquidating that account. But, you yeah. know, as I said, other folks have told me, you know, be careful about the, the returns and things of that nature. So uh, that's why I didn't know if I should, uh, you know, as I said, I'm topping out the 401 k. I didn't know if I should, you know, maybe lower that. Or sounds like the, the best plan would be to do the well, I,
0: I, you plan. know, we tell folks baby step four first, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, so baby step four, five, six, simultaneous, 15% of your income into retirement, fund some college, and whatever's left, we can start paying down the house. So are so, you doing more than 15% right now?
4: Yeah, I'm maxing it out. So I'm putting in, I'm actually putting in 15%. But when it, uh, you know, at the end, it's, it's basically the, the max that I can contribute for the year for the 401k. Okay. So
0: if you're putting 15% in, you're putting the correct amount in to retirement. I would not stop that to pay off the house faster. I would consider liquidating non mortgage assets or non retirement assets, okay. I'm sorry, to pay off a mortgage. Um, here, here's what's going to happen, Bill. When you get this house paid off, all those dumb people—they're telling you that you're—you're you're not gonna hate it. And if you hate it, go get you a new mortgage.
4: <laughs> you're not gonna hate it. Yeah.
0: You're gonna—you're gonna feel differently than you've ever felt in your entire life. How old are you?
4: Uh, just uh, turned fifty-two.
0: Way to go! And you're making really good money, and you're one hundred percent debt-free. But your house—you've really done a good job. Now, what seriously? If you followed our advice, what's your worst case scenario? You hate it and you go to the worst get case is, yeah. You hate it and you go yeah, to the
4: yeah yeah.
0: And, and so, okay, and I, I'm telling you, we studied ten thousand one hundred sixty-seven millionaires. We asked them what they did to build wealth. Eighty-nine percent of them became millionaires not because of an inheritance. So that means they systemically, systematically, somehow built wealth. None of them told us that they did it with a whole life policy. None of them told us that they, none, not one, told us that they borrowed money on their house, invested that money, and that caused them to be wealthy, which effectively is what you're doing. I mean, honestly, it didn't. tactically, you didn't go borrow this money. You borrowed the money to buy the house instead of cashing this stuff in. But balance sheet-wise, you understand it's the same mathematical effect. Mm-hmm as if you borrowed on your house to buy to do those investments. No millionaires do that. None. Now broke people do it all the time and people with theory that don't actually build wealth do all kinds of crap. They tell me they they tell me they buy and sell stocks. They tell me they got rich in crypto. They tell me all there's all these people that tell me all these things but they're a lot like fishing and golf stories. 98% of which we all know that do either
2: one or lies. Makes for a good story though. But truthfully uh, making 175 with no payments in the world you could invest another 200 in a few years if you really want to so well, I mean, the world's the, your. The, in the period of
0: time you could have paid off the house you can invest that much more okay if you say i'm going to cash flow and pay off 240 then your cash flow without a house payment would put the 240 back in approximately the same period of time i mean almost the same yeah. maybe a little less because you'd be earning on it as you went Hopefully. so um i i Personally, have lived debt free for a very, very, very long time, and as my uh, old pastor used to say, a man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an opinion. Jason is with us in Sioux Falls. Hi, Jason.
5: Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Dave, George, how are you guys? Better than we deserve, man. What's up? Hey, so I need your advice. Uh, I'm wondering, do I pause the baby steps to cash flow a wedding? Absolutely. And a change. Yes, sir. Okay. what's the wedding going to cost? Um, our budget is twelve thousand.
3: That sounds oh, reasonable. To keep it for a little bit sure,
5: modest.
0: that's very modest. Good job.
5: Good job. Okay. Sounds like you're marrying then, someone with common sense. Yes, yes, for sure. More than more than myself. Yeah, um, and then I'm also trying to switch careers. So, so I what? Need what, to, is your, I'm what is to your what's your income? Out, uh seventy grand a year. Seventy. What's yes. hers?
0: Uh, right now, about thirty-six. Okay, so between you, it's one hundred and six. How fast are you two gonna save up twelve grand?
2: Um, should be saved up A few in months like September. Yeah. Awesome. So it's not really gonna delay the baby steps all that much.
5: No, but then on the other side of the wedding, we're gonna tackle her debt, and I'm trying to figure out when when to uh, make this career switch that I'm thinking about. Cool. When's the wedding? Um, October 13th. Awesomeness. Good Perfect for you, time. man. This is great. And you have no
2: debt, but she does?
5: Correct. I just finished Baby Step 2. Way awesome. to go. Very good. Very good.
0: Yeah, I'm cash flowing the wedding and then piling up cash as high as I can pile it up. Uh, and when we come home from the honeymoon, we'll combine our finances and, and really get after hers real fast and hard.
2: And then we can look at that career change. you got a lot going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you need to do that before the wedding? Um, The career switch? Yeah.
5: Uh, I don't. I don't need to. No. Good. Um, let's, wait a, think, let's wait till spring.
0: Okay. This Got is it. a time to. This is a time of great joy.
5: And changing jobs is not always a great joy. Right. She, as we've talked about it, she has peace about it. I have peace about it. Um, so I think we, okay. we'll we we'll move forward eventually. Yeah, oh, I want you to move forward. I would just. Say, I was just questioning
0: when. Sometimes when we try to do six good things at once, one of them ends up messing up the other ones. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. That's what I'm thinking. But I, you do whatever you want. I'm okay. Hey, cash flow your wedding, man. You're doing it. I'm proud of you. Very cool. Man,
2: there's hope, George. There's hope. I thought you had to spend hundred grand on a wedding. Turns out people are just dumb.
0: Yeah, the 12,000 people aren't dumb. The 100,000 people aren't dumb. Yeah, unless you got, a, go. Unless you got a couple million anyway. There we go. This is the Ramsey Show.
2: Hey, it's George Camel. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.